We are back. Honey, you're ruining our kid. The parenting podcast from the Irish Men Abroad Podcast Network with me, Charlotte Regan, the comedian and the doing the best I can with the limited tools I have, father, and our resident child behaviour professional with more than 20 years of experience in education, early intervention and severe behavioural cases, my wife and the mother of our little Mikey, Tina Regan. Thanks for being here, Tina. So happy to be here. It has to be said, I I did twist your arm to do this show but the response to episode one was so positive and so many great questions following it up yeah are you happy still doing this because i know that it was a big ask oh look people have been so lovely about episode one and uh, the questions are amazing mm. and the listeners to your show are just incredible people and their emails are so well written and really funny and you can see that these parents really enjoying their kids they just Mm. need a little bit of help it's really nice this is the podcast where we come to feel a little bit better about whatever we are going through with the kids in our lives whether you are raising them or if you're just related to them pulling your hair out or just worried about them a little bit i mean that's a really common thing i'm just worried the messages that we've received, the questions we're getting, you submit anonymously your queries, your concerns, the scenarios you're facing into on a daily basis that you don't know what to do with. The behaviour you can't get on top of, I put it to Tina. As she said last week, though, and I do love this about the show, you're not offering hard and fast answers. There is no finger wagging here. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, we will empathise. And at the end of this, hopefully you won't feel as alone in your battle. Is is battle too big of a word? No, battle is the perfect word. (laughs) We are all just trying our best. We are all just, you know, trying to do right by our children. Yeah. Yeah, And it feels like it's a battle because it feels never ending. Yeah. And just like any battle, there are moments of calm. Yeah. There's periods (laughs) where you're like, oh, we've got a bit of peace time. And moments of triumph when when something works Mm. and you, you know, you feel really good about yourself as a parent. And then there's devastation as well. (laughs) Well, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, like, I always think it's good to open the show with a little bit of honesty about what we're living through. (laughs) The moment our our son Mikey is 11 and uh, it's safe to say things didn't go brilliant last night in that uh, last week we talked about how Tina does sometimes feels like she has two kids. Uh, one of them is 41 years old <laughs> and one of them is 11 and that Mikey views me as his older wealthy friend I guess I got it wrong last night you explain to people what I did well uh, around half six-ish Charlotte decided that a spontaneous tickle fight needed to happen which to be honest made Mikey really happy and stuff but it didn't end till like 8 o'clock or something uh, no no Jared, no, you know no. like there was moments of no tickles but then it was on again you saying I tickled him from half six to half eight. There was tickle anticipation for the next two hours and Mikey Which was is, giddy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cute and all, but it was driving me a bit mad because I know it's Sunday night. He needs to go to sleep. He's in year six. He's got his stats at the moment. And uh, I was like, if you really want to do a bit of rough and tumble, why not during the day? Why yeah. would you pick the evening? Yeah. So was, I wasn't it, too nice about it. And it was me taking a notion. Yeah, really. notions for uh, potions. I mean... I mean a lot of uh, the stuff that I've learned in the 11 years 
is maybe run it by her. You're doing this together. Yeah, but you were also he taught you were a great lad and you were really enjoying that. So I was just looking like the Wicked Witch of the West mm. while you were like the best daddy ever. Me and daddy are having so much crack. <laughs> My mom's so annoying. <laughs> but anyway, when I checked on him at around 10 to 10, 10 ish, he was still awake in bed. Of course mm. he was. He was way so too I went giddy. up and tickled him some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But sure, look. Charlotte is a lovely daddy and he's always just trying to make sure Mikey's happy. You don't, you don't need to say that. People, people, people arrive know. at their own conclusions. <laughs> people anyway. know I'm a lovely but daddy. The rough and tumble talk is one that I think we definitely need to have on yeah. the episode because I am not clear on how much it's necessary to kind of rough your kid up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, in the absence of school, when we yeah. were doing homeschool, I did feel it was my responsibility to bully him slightly and, you know, give him the odd wedgie and noogie, shoulder him into door frames and stuff. (laughs) But I do think that there is a discussion that's needed around, particularly with only children. With only children, there is a need for it because they don't have a brother and sister pushing them down the stairs or jumping on their head when they're in bed. (laughs) But um, he does get it enough at school. Mm. Like, they're pretty ramp. What's that word? Rambunctious. Yes, that's the word. But uh, yeah, I'm all for the tickle fest, but just not not before bed. I think everyone would agree on that. I don't think I'm being that mean saying, please don't start the tickle fight before bed. Well, we've so much to come up on this episode. So many brilliant questions. We'll also have parenting news and that final part of the show where uh, we're just really honest with each other as to what I'd really love you didn't do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You say honest, I say brave. Now, the first question relates to something that I think we've all witnessed, whether we are just talking about kids that we're related to and something we've we've definitely seen at some point or another on the street. Okay, it's the situation that this emailer sends in is this having a mare with our three and a half year old and the current tantrums. They are next level. He sometimes grunts or (laughs) even screams or else screams. And it could last from two to 30 minutes. That's a quality level. That's Premier League tantruming there. Hats off to this child for the commitment to the tantrum of 30 minutes in length. Now, what sets it off? That's the question that I'm immediately asking when I'm reading this. This emailer says the smallest thing can trigger it occasionally. It's just if he hurts himself. But more frequently, it's seemingly minor things like too much milk in his Weetabix or the bedroom door left at the wrong angle. Thanks, Emil. I mean... Okay. Tina, where do you start with that? Like well, obviously we have limited information here. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel much more comfortable with this question because three-year-olds are my bag. <laughs> you know, I work with three and four-year-olds every day. Love them. Just love how um, into their order they are. And I guess my Montessori background, we learn about how children are naturally in a phase of high order at this time and people sometimes wonder what that means but like when they're going through that even carrying your coat over your arm rather than wearing it can make a child that age tantrum or feel uncomfortable because it makes no sense to them at that age in that period of high order they think if you're going to hold your coat put it on Mm. like you know 
So it can seem really irrational, but to them it's not. To them it just doesn't make sense. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but sometimes when you realise that there is this need for order in that little child's life, it's easier to understand why they get upset about too much milk or the door not being open Mm. well enough for them. My advice to this lovely mom is that um, I feel like she needs to work on... Is it a boy? Yes. Yeah. Work on him owning and recognising how he's feeling. Right. So there needs to be lots of chat in the house, not just about his feelings, but about everyone's feelings and how how they're feeling at all times. Sounds like he's feeling like the Joker in these moments. Oh. <laughs> that he just wants to burn the world but down. But like, it's not easy for him to be tantruming either. I mean, that's a lot of energy. He's he's mm. exhausting himself. Well, why would he? Like, let me jump in here. I don't want to interrupt your answer because this is a really great answer already. But you've said like it's order but like yeah why why is there this need to communicate it through screeching or grunting well that's what i mean about getting him to recognize his feelings because he feels that's the only way to be hurt Mm. whereas if the mother or father gets down to his level gives him the eye contact he needs and says things like i can see you're really upset i can see that you're you're crying and you're sad and you're feeling angry and you need to say, let's just take a breath now. I'm listening. I see that you're angry. Tell me why. Get the child to to ha- reflect and think, well, why am I angry? Mm. And try and put it into words. And then with practice, what you hope happens is that the child is able to say, I, you know, please don't put that much milk in my, my breakfast. It makes me feel angry or sad. And they're just, oh, instead of going straight to, to, I'm on the ground, I'm kicking my legs and I'm screaming. And the mom is like, I have no idea why. Mm. So just getting him to be more reasonable. It's very hard though, Tina. Like, if I could just say this, like, I really feel for this parent oh, because... of course. You feel I, powerless when your child is doing that. Also, sorry for jumping over you, Charlotte, but... It's really important at this age that you give your children warning about what's coming next. Okay. At school, we call it the now and next policy. <clears throat> and it's just a habit that the grown-ups should get into themselves when working in the t- one to four, five-year-old age group. Right. Where you say to the child, now we're going to have breakfast, but next we're going to do this. Right. Or now it's, more, now it's morning, and, we're getting up, but oh, next we're going to have breakfast. Because you know what? You can already see how you're pulling the fuse out from yeah. the potentially charged moment of breakfast is over. I don't want breakfast to be over. This is my breakfast. You're ruining it. But even even if the now and next doesn't work, it still gives the child a sense of calm. But it is if they react like you just reacted, it is saying to them, it's acknowledging how they're feeling. Mm. Like that's really important to a child. Just saying to them, I can see that that made you cross. I'm yeah. so sorry. Let's talk about it. But here's a hard one, right? Just to push back on your answer. Right. Okay. So down to the level. Yeah. You know, let's talk about what it is you're going through right now. But I always found it hard when you were like, don't give that any intention, you know. And when you see and I love this when I see it, when I'm out about with Tina and a kid is on the ground in the street. Yeah. Like literally lying on the ground. Everybody is going to know what I'm talking about here. Or you see a kid on the aisle of a supermarket beating the ground. Yeah. And the mom is just giving it nothing. And you're always like, what a cool, what a cool mom in that situation. Generally, yeah. you're like, I mean, 
hats off. But that's not getting down to the level. Well, I don't know if I'm always... I don't know if I, you're right there. I'm always impressed by that. I'm more impressed by the mother who who is not afraid to parent how she pays at home, parents at home in public. I really don't like, and I think children have worked out if their mom's too embarrassed to parent the way she does at home yes. in public. Yeah, so they're trying to mortify them. Yeah, and kids are so good at doing that. <sighs> And those moms who are like, oh, this is so funny. Or dads. What's he like? What's he like? What's he doing? He never does this. And you're like, come on, just move by the embarrassment. Don't give a shit about what anyone else thinks of you. You Parent your child. It's It's okay to parent your child. If your child's on the ground having a tantrum, pick them up like a rugby ball and keep going. Don't give it any attention, but don't let them have that power either. Mm. I can't cope with stuff like that. I'm like, just pick the kid up. Keep going. Don't let them have this power over you. Yeah, but it's an amazing though, that habit of knowing that they they scent, they smell blood in the oh, water. children are amazing. That, but like they would know that you won't do it in front of no. your parents. Oh, yeah. You know, they're kind of do. they're che- picking their spots. Now to go back to the emailer. Yeah. This situation of the door not like they're obviously leaving the door of the bedroom at an angle so that they can keep an eye on the fucking code. Yes. But uh, and what do you say there? But you're you're not listening to me when I say uh, I am. listening. No, no, I know that but <laughs> you're not taking on board how much children don't feel hurt. OK. And you're saying that it takes a lot for a grown up to get down to the level and explain they understand their feelings. But we do that to each other all the time. Mm. Children don't get that respect from us. They're expect. I'm not saying this mom's not respecting her kid, but it's not. We don't feel like the child deserves mm. all these explanations that we would give each other. Yeah. But they do. They do deserve it and they deserve to know why you're doing something and what's going to happen next and what's going on. So I really do feel for this mother. I do think helping this child talk about their feelings will help them lots. Mm-hmm. I really think if the child feels like the, they're trying to understand his feelings, that there's an empathy there. It's mm-hmm. not just, come on, stop doing this. It's more like, I'm so sorry that you're crying. I can see that you're sad. Tell me how you're feeling. Well, then the child feels listened to. And that's really what they want. I think the now and next policy is brilliant. It really does work. Children like knowing what's coming next. It takes the anxiety. If there's anxiety there, it takes it away. And also coming in with a warning for everything. Like when they're going to bed saying, and um, we're going to pop to bed now. We're going to have our story. And then mommy's going to leave the door a little bit open. Then if something happens, you go, remember I said, I did tell you I was going to leave the door open and then say, I'll leave the door open because I feel safer if it's open. My job is to keep you safe. Just these tiny explanations, I think, really help kids. Yeah. And I would love to hear back from this emailer and how this goes rather than us just kind of answering questions and then going, off you go now. Good luck with that. Oh, yeah, because I uh, I know it's not an easy fix. And And if this doesn't work, we can think of something else because maybe... I'm not into behavioural charts, but maybe this kid needs a behavioural chart. It's, he's old enough for one and maybe he needs to work towards a goal and then they can phase that out. So if the now and next and the little warnings don't help, maybe we need to help this mom set up some kind of behavioural chart to get their behaviour back. Fantastic. Yeah. OK, our next question comes from Diana. 
I'm going to be doing a lot more accents, Tina. <laughs> Tina bloody hates my doing accents. We have a three-year-old. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going to do it. We have a three-year-old and our first-time older parents in our mid-40s with no real support network in Australia. Very tough. This is a struggle, he says. So any advice is welcome. I'm particularly trill, thrill, thrilled that Tina has a Montessori background because that's one of the schools we're looking at here in Bris Vegas, Brisbane. And his daycare teacher thinks that the program would suit him. Anyway, here we go. My question is, we have an almost four year old who finds it hard to sit still, to hold hands, to walk with us to just comply with simple things we ask of him tidy up your hot wheels eat your dinner don't make that horrific noise (laughs) (laughs) like a screeching banshee and he struggles to behave and participate in large group activities a bit like myself at his childcare. i mean he listens to us but he doesn't hear us a lot of the time the emailer says Doctors tell us it's too early to diagnose anything like ADHD, but I obviously don't even care about that. We just love him no matter what. And we we know he has a sweetheart. But are there any methods or tips for just helping us parents and the kid to just cope and power through this phase of life? Thanks so much in advance, Jarantina. Looking forward to this. Wow. Well, um... These parents seem really open, like they've really watching. They've seen a lot. Um, They're on it. They're on it, is what I'm trying to say. You're right. And this links kind of back into what we were just saying. It sounds like this kid needs some kind of visual timetable too. Like they're saying that they don't feel heard, but maybe that's just not how he can process what they're demanding of him right now, which is pretty normal for this age. Mm -hmm. And that's when... um, you know, doing a little timetable, the now and next again, up for him, taking pictures of things you're expecting him to do, like a picture of a school, a picture of the park, a picture of your house, and making a very small (coughs) A4 timetable with just the words now and next on it. And in the morning, you can say, now we're at home, next we're going to school. Mm. Now we're at school. And ask them to do one at school too. Ask them, are they using visual timetables? Because they should be. And this child might need one just Mm. to calm him anxiety about what's expected of him at the moment. And then you you just face these things out in time. But they really work. I find they really work, especially if they're questioning whether this child might have something extra. It might... That might not even be there, but what is manifesting maybe is an anxiety in this child about not really knowing what's expected of him. And what what we said we were going to talk about this week was a little bit about anxiety in all of these young people yeah. in this world that now is a bit topsy-turvy. You've had two years of, well, I don't know if dad's going to work yeah. or if he's working from home. Yeah, the, the it's been really tricky for is, these lovely children. Like the kids that you work with every day yeah. are the product of this and these kids at this particular age three a lot of our questions are coming in from people with three-year-olds yeah do you think that that's that's part of this that a big part of this is just that routine has been hard to establish for them i don't know because i mean 
they're used to whatever routine they've been exposed to. That's just their normal. But I do like the sounds of these parents saying they're going to send this child to Montessori. And I like that their their earlier teacher has noticed that because if they're able to, it's an incredible method of teaching for children who maybe be to, the you know, have their own, what's the expression? Walk to the beat of their own drum March a bit. March to the beat of their own March drum. March to the beat of their own yeah. drum. Montessori is incredible because the directors in the classroom will just follow their interest. Each child is completely individual and they will do group stuff as well, but he'll get an opportunity to really just relax and explore the way he wants to learn. So the chart's one thing, right? Yeah. I'll jump in there because he is looking for specific methods was the final line here. And I think it's a fair question uh, that he's going to make all those things. His plan is to go to Montessori. But what are the things and the tips that you would give, Tina, to a parent who comes to you with a, a kid that sounds like he's just a super buoyant yeah. <laughs> youngster who, like he said, even has difficulty just going, look, just be with us now. Sit still, hold our hand, go go here. What do you what are well, your tips there? Again, the most important one is making sure that that child knows what's expected of them. Mm. So as in we're leaving the house, I'm going to need you to hold my hand as we go down the street. Yeah, that there are rules that I am here to keep you safe. That's my job as your parent is I am here to keep you safe. In Mm. order to keep you safe, when we're out of the house, you got to hold my hand. That's just a rule. That's just what we got to do. Like, it's okay to have rules as Mm. a parent. I mean, some parents are so afraid to parent. I'm not saying these people are, Mm. but it's perfectly okay for you to say to your child i have to hold your hand that is the only way i can keep you safe yeah kids really like feeling safe so using those words will will you know help them feel secure also the now and next is just great for this age group and if just you know just letting them know what they're doing now what's expected of them next Mm. if you feel like a whole kind of day routine timetable is a good idea that's easily done too i remember when mikey was really small and he was struggling to know what he was expected of him in the morning and jarlet took the time to draw a morning routine chart with like uh you know the sun coming up mikey sitting up in the bed getting out brushing your teeth going to the toilet all these pictures folding your clothes folding your clothes putting on your uniform coming down for breakfast and he loved it he loved it and it really helped just settle him because he felt like he could just check in Mm. and then when i told the other moms about it charlotte had to make like 20 more (laughs) charts but you did and you were so kind but they all couldn't believe how it took so much stress out of the morning Mm. and with all these kind of visual timetables they're not forever Mm. Your child will well, always funny, need them. What's funny is that like this now and next thing, it's obviously come come up in the, both of our questions here, yeah. is that we're all doing now and next ourselves yeah. in our lives. Yes. You're going, where am I going? What's this gig going to be in my case? Yeah. Well, like you're still doing it with Mikey now. Yeah. Like, people always go on about how how does how is he the way he is <laughs> when yeah. he goes into places? I will be in the car. And I've seen you go, we're going here now. Yeah, well, that's you're going to meet these people. Yeah, we have to say hello. Yeah. And I mean, that's as basic you, now and next as it gets yeah. even at 11. 
Yeah, well, you have to model the behavior you want your child to have. So you can't just expect them to know how to behave in every social situation if you haven't told them how to behave. So, yeah, since Mikey was very, very tiny, whenever we're going anywhere, I'll be like, we are going to a party. When you get to the party, you say hello to everyone. You make sure you say happy birthday to the person's party. It is you enjoy the party. But when we're going, you say goodbye and you say thank you for having me. Mikey's like gets a round of applause from all the other parents and I'm like well it's the not- funniest one Tina was uh, we went to a party and Devon Toner was there <laughs> and Devon Toner reached down to Mikey all six foot eleven of them reached down and said uh, how are you doing I'm Devon Toner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mikey shook his hand and said I'm Mikey Reek <laughs> Yeah, he said, nice to meet you, I'm Mikey Regan. Yeah. It was very cute. But like... He's only uh, three then, wasn't I, he? I, it, is, it is mad that it's that simple. And obviously, well, it's, it's not, not the end of yeah, the answer. No, and, and it's not simple. But it's just sometimes as parents, we need to remember that our kids don't really know what we're thinking, yeah. or what we're going to do. And that and, this is their first time going to a lot of these giving things. And just letting them in on the plan takes a lot of anxiety away and that's a tricky one too because you have to be careful not to let them in on the plan too much with their take over the plan which we've struggled with too because sometimes (laughs) i give mikey way too much power there's been like being a power struggle lots of times along the way where i'm like no actually you're not you're not Mm. in the same wave as me you know you are the child i'm the parent so it is a struggle for everyone i I don't um, help with that now let's let's be totally (laughs) honest no but i am i just love how awake to the their child these parents are and they sound like they just love them so much and I do think maybe just a little bit of a visual timetable that they should talk to his nursery about Mm. will help settle this child Mm. okay and maybe there is something else there we don't know and if there is that's okay every but the visual timetable will definitely help this Mm. child great stuff I think it's time for some parenting news This is basically part of the show where uh, I pull a news story around the subject of parenting because, boy, there's a lot, right? There's so many articles you read about. uh, What about this parent doing this or this parent's doing it this way or uh, frustrated mum? This one was in the mirror, though, Tina. I'm going to put this to you. I don't know if you saw this story. Mum explains why telling your kids to stop crying is unhelpful. I don't think that this is a million miles away from our first two questions. That's why I throw it in here. Mum has explained she never tells her kids to stop crying when they're hurt, as she thinks allowing them to let it out, inverted commas, can help them develop emotionally. There's obviously a video and a TikTok thing here to go with this. Uh, She explained that telling your children that it's very scary to see blood and validating their feelings about the injury is vital for healthy emotional development as it stops them from feeling as though they're an inconvenience to themselves and others. She said, we do our kids a disservice when we tell them they're expected to control their emotions. Bury it, bury it down there, bury it down nice (laughs) and deep. Of course, they're upset, they fall, their knee hurts. And now they see blood. They can't control whether that hurts or whether there's blood or not. That's scary to them. 
What do you make of this, Tina? First of all, did you see this? Did you happen to see the video? No. <laughs> you didn't? I didn't, but I, um, I agree with her to a point. I do think it's really important to validate children's feelings, definitely. Mm. But I think that there is a danger of them maybe... Milking it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think if your child trips over, it is absolutely perfectly fine to go up you pop now you're grand shake mm. it off you're the king of that i have to uh, say but i think that's important for the kid oh did you have a little bump <laughs> tina's the tina would always be like god that's we all fall over don't yeah. we oh, ho, ho. Okay. <laughs> rather than going oh my god yeah he's fallen yeah that would well, be my reaction yes because the kid looks to you Mm. So when they're tiny, they're going, well, should I cry? Yeah, I don't know how serious this yeah. incident is. Yeah. You tell me. Yeah, but this lady is correct. If it's serious, my Blood. goodness, of course they should be allowed to cry. And of course you should feel sorry for them and allow them to feel the way they're feeling. But uh, I do think that it is important, definitely, that if it's just a little bumper, they mm. walk into a chair, just be like, oops, uh, keep going, you're all right. Yeah. But some of this is, Tina, related to this kind of paradox or quandary that people have around we've got a taff on a little bag of wrap yeah he's not it's just a scrape i mean there's probably a bit of a male stereotype here in that the dads want the kids to be tough and why are you doting upon them what do you say to that side of this because i'd imagine that there is conflict in families yeah. over you shouldn't give him a hug after that. He should be able to dust himself it's off. It's very tricky because Isn't most it? of us are going on our own experience when we were kids. So my mom would have always been very kind about us falling mm. and, you know, gentle with you're all right, keep going. But also the hugs were there if we needed them. And it depends on what you experience as a kid. Now, um, obviously, I've trained for a long time and I know I'm feel comfortable knowing how to deal with each kid because each kid's so individual some children the last thing they want is sympathy from you mm. so there's no rule here there's no general rule for how you, what do you mean? Some, some kids actually don't want to be told you poor baby yeah they're embarrassed some kids fall and they're so embarrassed the last thing they want is anything so you've got to give that kid some time and come back to them later and check on them and say you know i saw you fell earlier you were so brave but can i please check if you're okay because that's my job to keep you safe now what's funny with you saying the dad and the stereotypes is jarlett I'm not <laughs> speaking out of turn here. But Jarlett has this reputation at Mikey's school where the moms just laugh and laugh and laugh when he's around because we go to this gorgeous school where pre-COVID times you could st- hang around the yard for like an hour after school and that's how everyone got to know each other. And Jarlett can't watch kids on the on the balance no. beams or the climbing. At he's all. like trying to catch them all and they're just trying to have fun and explore and he's there, you know, basically wrapping them all up in bubble wrap. Well, and can, like not even his kids, doesn't even know the kids, but I'm, he's just trying to save them all. I'm rubbing my eyes here because... <laughs> I'm I can't I'm just I can't not see how this is going to work out badly yeah, and the sla- I think the most terrifying sound in the world is the sound of kid head oh, on yeah, concrete yeah. well you're right there but <laughs> I mean we had such a horrific experience with Mikey when he was born that I think we were so afraid of him getting hurt again mm. that we both of us even me with all my experience with children and knowing you have to let them explore you have to let them climb we created a monster because mm. Mikey 
didn't look after himself. Didn't look after himself because we were always there to catch him or yeah. help him. He or was hold basically him. operating like somebody who has a wire oh. out of their, you know, like yeah. when you're in that Or that panto. film, you know, Baby's Day Out where the baby just luckily doesn't fall off the crates. And <laughs> yeah, that was Mikey's <laughs> life. Oh my God. It was so stressful <laughs> because we were always being so kind to him and helping him. He never thought to do it for himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that took us a long time. To, I think it's when he kept walking into the bins. And oh I brought, my god! And I brought him to the doctor. Walking and the doctor the in front of him on the road, him, like we're on the road. wheelie yeah, bins. We're wheelie bins, yeah. Walking. Just walking. I brought them. him to the doctor, worried that maybe there was something wrong with his eyesight, and she, to his face, said, "No, he's just lazy." <laughs> <laughs> what a diagnosis! <laughs> yeah. What you have so, there is a bad case of the lazy yeah. child. So while I don't. I don't disagree with this mom is saying yeah. validating your children's feelings is very important. But as parents, we need to know our children. And as teachers, you need to know your children. Not every child wants the fuss. Mm. Not every child wants their feelings validated and when they fall. I mean, it's different when they're cross. When they fall, sometimes they're mortified. Yeah. They're embarrassed. They don't want their friends knowing they fell. They fell running. They tripped over their own feet. You know, they're embarrassed. So some of them don't want it. Some of them do. So you have to take them each as they come. Well, this this is that's the end of parenting news <laughs> <laughs> for this week. Received a brilliant question from a big fan of the show whose name will uh, remain uh, undercover. Of course, that's the uh, that's the courtesy of this. Submit anything you want to us. We'll never reveal who said it. You offer the question in total confidence. He says, I have a topic to suggest. It's something we've struggled with for years with our eldest, now 10 years old, confidence and self-worth within okay. children. She's wonderful, very funny, very bright, very trusting and loving girl who always sees the best in everyone, despite years of bullying in primary school, which we had to tackle. She had good friends who love her, has good friends who love her and a far more active social life than I had when I was that age. Good results in school, does well in her other activities. However, she also has confidence in self value issues no matter how well she does in those activities and life in general despite our best efforts to build up and emphasize the positives she is shy about accepting compliments or even enjoying the moment of being the best at the thing and it impacts her putting herself forward or even allowing herself to be in the spotlight for a moment this is partially a simple issue of modesty which, you know, Irish people actually do really prize. But unfortunately, that's not the whole story. I know because I was the same, which is really cool of this listener to volunteer that how this can this can actually have a lifelong impact into adulthood, they say. And in your relationships can cause kids, teens, adults to miss out on experiences. He's anxious about what lies ahead for her opportunities due to confidence and self-worth and fears this has been a years long struggle which i suspect will get worse over the teenage years because well teenage years were tough enough and when we were growing up but now this additional pressure of social media i can only imagine it'll be even tougher and less forgiving what 
what a question to ask because it's such a big, big, wide ranging issue that doesn't just start in your teens. That that goes right down to being a youngster. And he's also very personally linked to it because he thinks they're she's reliving an experience Mm. he feels that she's reliving an experience he had to and maybe she is the confidence one is really hard it really is and you know often it is the confident child who actually needs a lot of help at home because they're you know they're so confident at school because they are making up for lack of something else. I find the confidence one really tricky myself. I see it all the time in kids. It's so hard to know how to help them with it. I feel like it comes in waves, like they have moments where they are at home with themselves. And then because they're ever changing and growing and learning and becoming, then they have waves of not liking where they are in life at all and what's happening to them. And it's so tricky. The only thing I can really think of to help this girl, because she obviously has great parents who are so Mm. on top of it and watching and mindful, is, you know, I really feel like this is when having a journal is important. A personal journal that she can write all her feelings in. That's Mm. a really safe place for her. Starting the habit of journal keeping is very tricky to start because if it's not something she's been doing, but she needs some place where she can let these feelings out, come back to them and feel like she's grown since the last time she wrote them or she's facing them again and it's not so bad. Could the bullying from primary school be, you know, just having kind of this kind of reverberating impact through this later part? I bet. No doubt. I mean, children can be awful to each other and I don't know how that was reconciled there and I'm hoping it sounds like they were pretty on top Mm. of it but of course that'll damage a child's confidence Mm. because for whatever reason those children took a dislike to her which is horrible and for probably for no reason yeah you know no reasons just kids can do be just so mean to each other or the fact that she was good at stuff yeah yeah jealousy is there jealousy is there jealousy involved (laughs) but um you know what is incredible for this age group that that dad wouldn't have had is that there are so many resources now available Mm. to these children there are so many um classes they can go to where they talk about mindfulness and their feelings and who they are as a person i mean we availed of that during lockdown and mikey God, I feel bad talking about Mikey, but we did have moments where he was yeah. finding lockdown really hard. And it'd nearly be weird if your kid wasn't yeah. having some Absolutely. sort of confidence issues after yeah. an uncertain period like this. Yes. Jigsaw.ie is where I always recommend people go because I just have my mind blown. Yeah. When I got introduced to them, when I saw the resources, when I saw the workshops they're doing and how elegant it is, how the phone line is there that your daughter could potentially ring them. Yeah. To talk at any time. Yeah, and that now that things are open again, you can go to things and meet other children who are similar struggles. And that's really important. Mm. Knowing you're not the only one thinking these things is really important. Being able to talk about it, not with your parents, who you just don't think understand anything at that point. Like She's very lucky because her parents are understanding and they're very awake to her needs. But they have to be very careful not to make too much of it either because she is yeah. growing. It is a tough balance. It is 
is like the ocean. It's coming in waves and it's flowing away too. And they just have to be careful not to, you know, put some things in place. I think the journal is a really good practice for every child to do. Somewhere where they can write down how they're feeling, what they're feeling, how they feel about themselves and not feel judged. It's just for them. Getting part of a mindful group like here we have the happy human it's amazing different children go to it lovely mindful feeling exercises building on their character definitely and also it builds confidence immediately when the child knows oh i'm not the only one who feels like Mm. this most of the time it's oh god i'm so strange why do i think like this why am i thinking these things you know yeah but the doubts then spiral yeah I mean, uh, my uneducated perspective on this in terms of not having any background in it, but having quite a big background in confidence issues, Mm. (laughs) despite what people might think, (laughs) was uh, I definitely didn't have a reputation as a youngster as having a confidence or shyness issue, but I did. Yeah. But I really, really did. And to be honest, you know better than anyone, Tina. I still struggle with self-belief, validity, that I don't think there's a fix. No. As someone who's lived through that, like I would regard you as more confident than me. Well, do you know what? Just like this daddy, because I love you so much, I can't understand where your lacking of confidence comes from because I just see the amazing Charlotte. It really makes no sense. But this daddy, likewise, is seeing this beautiful girl who's just amazing at all these things and so many talents. And he can't understand why she wouldn't believe in herself more. And that can be a bit of pressure on the little girl, too. Yeah. Just like with me. Yeah. With with me, with you, where I'm like, I can't can't understand it. Yeah, yeah. And this is why I'm saying to this emailer that you're not going to fix it. No, but you you can help. You're not going to go and we're done no the confidence thing like i always felt that my confidence in terms of the work i do and the Mm. things i've done is earned yeah and that i didn't feel i always felt that there was more out there the people better than me and that you're oh sure just that's crap sure isn't there a better version of that out there and mine's just you know whatever and I think that if I could go back uh, Marty McFly style and <laughs> grab me by the shoulders, I think that showing uh, your youngster examples of people who have gone on to do things. Yeah. And how the small beginnings that they come from and the exact same doubts that you are having without addressing it yeah. in the way of. And therefore, you should be confident. No, yeah. Stop that. trying to go and be confident. Mm. People used to just tell me that. Just be confident. I'm like, oh, oh, well then. It's yeah. like saying to you for your leaving search, you'll be grand. Yeah. You can just be confident. But we're not, tr- we're not, I know saying, you're not saying that saying we that. can fix yeah. anything, really. All we're hoping to do is offer another idea, mm. a- another way of maybe coming at it. Yeah. And I do think that the journal and seeking out some local 
uh, resources resources like you know in Ireland they have that incredible jigsaw there has to be something similar in your neighborhood well Enda McNulty has obviously been on this show a couple of times yeah. right and you know my struggle with confidence is ongoing to the point of before I go on stage looking at my jokes and going this is utter shit like what what yeah, are you I thinking? I don't like, think people would believe how little you, yeah. Oh, completely. And it but makes like, me sad. But it's also loads of comics yeah. as well, though. Like Joe Wilkinson said it to me. I said it to him before going on stage. Do you ever look at your jokes just before you go on and go, oh, fuck, this is all awful. <laughs> he said every single time. And Enda gave me this cheat, which works for me on this specific thing. I'm not suggesting it for your daughter, but perhaps there's something in there. Uh, confidence CV. Okay. It's a little note in your phone of the things you're proud of. Okay. And when you're feeling at your lowest, least confident, all these examples are there. I pull it up before I go to do something that I'm anxious about. Bang, 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 go down through them. Yeah. Uh, whatever those are. Is your list really hers. short? <laughs> oh, real talk. She just snapped all her fingers. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> This is my life. She <laughs> wonders why I'm not confident. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it's written on a postage stamp, Tina. But it does. It it's has worked. It's a thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a tweet. <laughs> we have to have at least one poo question a week at this point, because... I mean, it's such a huge issue. It is a huge issue. Uh, it is. It is a big one. This emailer says, hi, Jarantina. I have a two and a four year old and can think of a million questions. But my top question at the moment is how to toilet train a two, almost three year old who couldn't care less <laughs> about the toilet. I love that. Couldn't just is aware of the toilet, but couldn't give. No, yeah. says, but will try to take off his own nappy when he poos. So I don't understand. So basically, when this kid has a poo, he doesn't want he wants to keep his nappy clean. Yeah. So where is he doing the poo? Well, he's doing the poo in his nappy, but he's taking it off. When oh, he's right. The poo. So he then. So I think that's really positive because he already doesn't like the sensation of having poo against his bottom. Right. So she says it was so easy for his brother. Yeah. And it's <laughs> tough for this mom. That's tough. Because she's got two young children. She, that's a busy plates. house. Yeah. But I know I get I get nervous when I'm about to say it because moms do not like hearing this. But, but, you sh- but the problem is the nappy. The get problem rid of the is nappies. the nappy, right? Well, here's the thing. Tina's always reluctant. I need to let you guys in on this. Tina's always reluctant to say what she, her real talk. <laughs> I'm not reluctant. I but, just but know it, moms don't want to hear it. But or here's dad. the thing I need to say that Tina will never say is this works. Like this, yeah. this is not a question of Tina's taking a swing. Yeah. You know for a fact this works. As we said in episode one, your job was to go to houses. I was the toilet trainer. You were like. I was. the, uh, And that was with severe and profound children. So a lot harder, obviously. And you had to be a lot stricter about timers mm. and using the toilet. But definitely with all children as a general rule, if they know there's nappies in the house, they're not going to try. Because why would they? I wouldn't try if I was a kid and I knew there was nappies there. So you were saying. This lady, mm-hmm. like our lady in episode one, yeah, needs to throw the nappies out with the kid. Like, go, it's time. We're throwing out your nappies. Well, yeah, you can. You could be really. 
you can be really sweet and cute about it. You can buy really nice new pants. Yeah. And be like, these are your pants now. And show them the nappies. You used to wear nappies. Now you wear pants. The wee has to go in the toilet now. So does the poo. The pants won't protect you from that. The nappies are gone. No. <laughs> there's going to be well, a few accidents. So there's going to there's also potential to go right back to our first question. I could produce a tantrum like something that would get reported in the newspaper. What do you do if <laughs> reported all hell breaks loose and was like, oh, take out my nappies from me? Well, all hell won't break loose because if you say it in the right tone, children will just follow your lead. Just, and what is that tone? Just You're like a I big said. guy now. Well, you say this is a very exciting day. <laughs> I went to the shop and look what I got you. This, this is very how you get me special. to do things. <laughs> Charlotte, it's a very exciting day. Well, you do You're have... getting to clean the windows of the house. <laughs> you do have to turn on the, you know, the children's host within you when you're with children you gotta yeah you gotta animate it and be like this is so exciting can you believe it i trust you you're finally there i've got you these great pants we don't need the nappies anymore the nappies are gone let's do this don't explain it any further they'll follow your lead but is that a tough oh, change of gear if up to then well, your dialogue the has mommy. been but if your dialogue up to this point has been you've done it again you're after you're you're you know, uh, well then you it ever... actually will work better because the kid's gonna be like whoa what's happening to mom this is I'm pretty cool i'm on board yeah. but um also it's tough for the mommy definitely and i know it's always toughest for the mommy the reason the nappies are going to be in your house if your kid is older is because you don't really mm. have the time the kid is going to wet themselves they're going to have accidents but they won't have them for as long it, they will realize, oh crap, I really have to stop wetting my pants and pooing in my pants because the nappies are not coming back. I got to get my shit together. Literally. Literally. But they do. Kids are amazing. This is like a hidden and problem. Again, this is the other thing that needs that to be said If that child's in nursery or an earlier setting, get them involved. Ask for their help. You're paying them so much money. Yeah. Get the help from them. Their job, that's their job. They're there to help you. Let them make it part of the lesson. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you're, you, half your salary is going to these area settings. Yeah. Get them to help you. Yeah. Isn't it seem crazy that that even has to be said? Yeah. But it's because, Tina, let's face it, there's so much. And we touched on this in episode one. Shame, anxiety mm. around being a parent and thinking I'm doing it wrong and of that course. other kids in the class are ahead of this, that, you know, it'll be embarrassing if know, the other kids... I know, and my heart goes out to moms and dads because it is really hard and you're so tired all the time too, but the other moms and dads are asking for help and they're getting it. Mm. There's no reason not to ask for help. If you have an early use service at your disposal, get them involved with helping you to achieve whatever you want because that's their job that's my job i'm an early years teacher over here every day i have a parent come to me with something it's my job to help them to help them set up whatever they need set up and give them whatever advice they need we're happy to do it get them involved and if they're not happy to do it go somewhere else <laughs> take your child out <laughs> but let's talk about a tiny bit before we leave this question okay. about pushback right because you know you do make it sound straightforward but i uh, like and i know that parents are going to know when they reflect yeah that is on me and that i probably am super busy and i worry about how long this is going to take yeah and how many and they're spare scared. sets of clothes i have yeah. to bring with me if we go anywhere exactly yeah. like we all remember 
us applying for our national insurance <laughs> oh number. Oh my god! I mean, this is one of the. Well, that is different now. I've never told but this that story. But that is how strict I am when it comes to toileting. Medina was to- you we, tell it. We had just moved here, and we had applied for what are they? Those national weird insurance. numbers they make you do an interview. I'm not sure what we did, but we had to do an interview. Brexit had happened at the time. We would have had way more trouble. Yeah. But we had to drive to a place in an industrial park. And as it happens, two days previous, I had decided I better toilet train Mikey. He was about to turn too soon, and I was terrified that I'd left it too long. Completely forgetting that we had this appointment. No, not forgetting. That appointment came true on the the day I had started. So in my head, I know, well, I've thrown out the nappies. I cannot bring them back. I yeah. can't do that. Because I, I've seen how that. this happens. Had, yeah. So um, I bring the potty and I bring a lot of change of clothes to the interview with us. And I'm wearing an Aaron cardigan <laughs> that I love that my mommy had given me. <laughs> And I'm sitting, being interviewed, I don't know, asked all these millions of questions about why do I want to live in England? And I'm holding Mikey on my knee and I say to the lady, I'm toilet training my child. He needs to go to the toilet. And she said, no, he can't. And I said, I brought the potty. I can put him on the potty. Nope, he can't. And I was like, okay. Two minutes later, I said to the lady, she's just staring at me. I was like, I'm covered in poo, am I? She's like, yep. And when I looked down, like completely poo everywhere like he's had the massive runniest poo and and we all know that the poo doesn't stay low (laughs) no the poo seems to climb the walls like like it it had gone up like it was everywhere i don't even know how he pooed maybe he was nervous about all the questions he was being asked but who doesn't let you use that? I don't like know. that woman in that moment? I was we had like, to throw the cardigan away. We had to take. We a had bo- to set the car on fire. <laughs> but we did get our numbers faster than normal. She, she was like, bad. "Okay, <laughs> yeah. you've proven you really yeah, want." Yeah, but to. that is how strict I am. Even though I knew it would have been it, the easy thing to do would have been just to throw a nappy back on Mikey and be like, "Okay," mm. but I couldn't because I knew I knew from all I had seen that if I did that. Toileting him was going to be so hard Mm. that he'd always think, well, she'll just put the nappy back on. We obviously said that we were going to talk about anxiety and the pandemic and the impact that's having on on kids. I think we're going to give people another week to submit their questions and we're going to cover that a lot more in the next episode. Because in so many ways, it's so multifaceted. And we also want to bring in Jen Trecek, who yes. used to work for Jigsaw.ie, who's an incredible person who's actually appeared on Irishman Abroad podcast before uh, for our World Mental Health Day episode, yeah. which featured Blind Boy and uh, Marion Keys and loads of others. You can go back and listen to that. Jen is brilliant. And we want to get an insight into what she is seeing. Yes, because my my background is in early years. And yeah. I just I don't want to give the wrong advice when it's such Absolutely. a different phase of development for children. 100%. So if you have submitted a question on that topic that is where we're going to try and address it with Jen Trechik mm. in uh, episode three. But before we go, we need to do my favorite part of the show where you get to say to me, Tina, something you wish I wouldn't do. This is all cards on the table. Tina's, Tina's going through her mind now. Which one do I pick? I don't know. I, uh, I don't know if that's true. Because last week I asked you to not... You know, to pick your battles was yeah. my was my argument. You asked me to 
not yes and every idea that he has because at the moment Mikey's in the middle of constructing what I believe will be the biggest selling board game of all time yeah and it, our kitchen is our sitting room that we're in right now is covered in tiny little clay molds that Charlotte encouraged him to, to make, make yeah. yesterday but again the, to me my defence was to fruition he's got to follow if he's going to do the idea he's got to complete there's it there's hundreds of them Charlotte but I just Jesus there's no end to it I mean I, I did kill me last week when he then said, I'm thinking about our next project, Daddy. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> what, what Well, you have to be so careful because we realise that uh, Mikey sees me as the fun burglar, but you are held uh, in this kind of idle position where I think you really have to be careful what you say to him because those are forming his opinions, mm, even when you're just joking around. Most of my opinions are correct, though. <laughs> But you can say something like we're we're very into silly in this house and absurd silliness. And uh-huh. you can say something that I know you're completely joking, but he'll just think sound. That's what Daddy thinks. That's my opinion. And I'll be like, no, Maggie, that's a joke. He's joking. He's completely joking. What are you talking about? I can't even think of what, what if I well, said. Most of the shit that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, OK, I think you got me. I will. Uh, <laughs> I've taken it on board. I definitely. I don't think when I'm saying shite like that, watching football matches. Um, I think that, and this is what Tina was always the king of this. Tina would always go, we need to think about. (laughs) This is how Tina gets me to do stuff. She goes, I think we need to look at how much time we're spending. Uh, I do think that we need to look at how much time we're spending on our phones. (gasps) Oh. And I think that there needs to be a portion of the day, specifically when we are sitting down as a family, when they are put. This is a little bit unfair because I'm definitely doing it as a family. We. I'm then when Mikey goes to bed, catching up on a lot of things. And that's when it's annoying you. So I don't think I'm doing it so much around Mikey. No, no, hon, you got to take this on the chin. I wouldn't say it if I didn't think okay, it. Okay, I will take it on the chin, but I'm already trying. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I am already trying. Oh. So, and when he goes to bed, that's when my I go on my phone and you're like, get off your phone, don't watch movie. And I'm like, this is my first time I'm getting to no. c- catch up. No, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm so popular. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody won't be my friend. <laughs> I, I def- I'm joking. I don't really think I, that. I don't think that there's a person listening to this who... Yeah, I agree. I don't like being on my phone so much. Okay, I agree. I am. I love my phone. I love it. Uh, Tina, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, I just love all the people who are getting in touch and that feel safe to get in touch. And, you know, I hope that they by getting in touch and us reading out the questions that they know they're not on their own at all, Mm -hmm. at all. And that we're just all in this together. We're just all trying our best. Yeah. Just and some of the time uh, you're so not on your own that we won't get to your question. Yeah. We'll have to read a question that's just like your question. Yeah. A and lot try of the questions are it. very similar. They're doubling and up. Maybe yeah. it's worth saying that because yeah. everyone has similar struggles. So Absolutely. I hope we helped a little bit. Episode two of Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid is in the can. Thank you so much to see and Mikey. Of course, you make this show possible. I mean, it wouldn't really be, be weird <laughs> me having a parenting show if I didn't have a wife and child. But uh, thank you all for listening and we'll be back next week with more. Thank you so much. Bye. Raising your kids not to be gobshites is not easy. Email your parenting questions situations, stories, or problems to honey, you are ruining our kid at gmail.com. Anonymity is guaranteed. <laughs>